Super Bowl 57 champions. Chiefs. That's right. W2Fers, welcome back. You've ended up exactly where I'm sure a lot of you expected to be. Even when you started with us on this journey back in early September and our opening episode. Uh, well, let me just start out. Of course, I'm Brian Stewart, and in this episode, I am joined by Matt, and it's fitting because as I cite back to that September show where we went through and we predicted the NFL season, there were a lot of picks made, some right, some wrong. We're, we don't claim to be uh, fortune tellers, and we don't know all the answers. We're not going to hit 100, but by God, did we hit the grand slam of them all. Talking about you and I in particular here, we're going to go ahead and take the victory lap that's been earned because in a season win, very few people four months ago, five months ago, and beyond were picking the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. We did. And here we are on the heels of a 38-35 to victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. Chiefs are uh, Super Bowl champions and it's kind of hard to have proper perspective when you're invested as a fan of a team. I don't know that you can, it's hard to evaluate like, well, is that one of the best Super Bowls ever or give like a, a, a nice even take. And I'm honestly just not removed enough to even give a, a, a take of whether or not I thought it was a great game. I mean, I, I, I think it was a great game of course, but Matt, I'm going to toss it to you now. Your first takeaway as we sit here on the Monday after Super Bowl 57. Listen, I just want to piggyback off what you said real quick. Uh, yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs won. I feel great about it. You feel great about it. But here, here's what I want to get out there to the public. If you're looking for a podcast to have expert analysis – and tell you who's going to win the dang thing, you've come to the right place. W2F is now become the primo for, you know, picks, analysis, Super Bowl predictions. If people would have just listened to us, man, they could have banked some money yesterday. Am I right? This whole playoff run, especially as it pertains to the last few rounds, uh, we're, we're, we, we post our clips, we try to spread the good word, to those on Instagram and TikTok, and let's face it, whenever I went out on that limb and said, you as well, that the Bengals were going to beat the Bills back in the divisional round, took a lot of heat. What happened? Bengals move on. Then I pick, we, we of course both pick Kansas City to beat the Bengals. We take more heat. Bengals fans can't believe it. What are you talking about? We're the kings of the AFC. What happens? And then no more heat came than the past few days and, and week from Philadelphia fans who had found our stuff and and realized we were going against them, which not many people were uh, in the broad scheme of things. And yet again, what happened to what you're saying? We told everyone week by week what was going to take place in the playoffs. And I just feel like that respect is owed. I'm not looking for anybody to say anything. Uh, all I could really ask for is maybe uh, give us like a, a subscribe 
um, on, on Apple or Spotify, maybe a, a five-star review. That'd be great. I don't need much more than that. And I'll rest easy, lay my head down at night knowing that we're on a heater and it's going to carry over into the next season. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like we're off to the right track and, you know, can't complain where we're headed. I, I think the sky's the limit at this point. And yeah, Philly, Philly, we know you came at us. A lot of us. Or, and you, you took personal shots, and that's fine. We wouldn't expect anything less from Philadelphia. but you know. They are in a living hell right now that, look, and I'm going to get myself in more trouble, but to me it just couldn't have happened to a much better fan base. And I, and I mean that in a respectful way. Like I understand that Philadelphia Eagles fans have their identity and they own who they are. But when you make a reputation off of throwing batteries and eggs at opposing fans and, you know, heckling nonstop, look, I love what they did with Joey Bosa, but not everybody does that. Um, I just don't feel too bad for you when you have a game like this go the, the wrong way. And obviously, and with major heartbreak, I'm sure the city was on the verge of a full-on riot. Philadelphia, that is, last night, mm-hmm. is what it is. On the flip side, we look at these quarterbacks and how they played, and I think that's the big story. Both of them near flawless, and that's how you end up with a 38-35 to game with a couple of defenses that, on, on the Eagles' side, everybody kind of thought was as good as it got, and statistically they were. And then the Chiefs, they were obviously ascending for a very extended period of time, playing well too. But I didn't even realize this until before we got on the show. So ESPN has that QBR stat that falls at a range of 0 to 100. And I have always found, say what you will about ESPN, but I feel like that stat really does a great job of somehow capturing just how good a quarterback played beyond their circumstances or or within their circumstances, I should say. And I see that Mahomes had, well, I'll I'll let you guess, Matt, 0 to 100. What do you think Patrick Mahomes' total QBR was in Super Bowl? So I'll be be honest. I'm not going to lie about it. I don't totally know how this is figured, but give me a 97.6. Damn impressive guess. It was 96.4, which – when you say, I too do not understand this stat, I know that like it somehow encapsulates passing, rushing, how many sacks they take, turnovers they commit. It just it, it takes everything into consideration. But 96.4 is extremely high. I mean, very, very, very rarely do you have a game of that nature. And I think that, again, that's where that stat shows – you know, even though he only threw for 182 yards and he only threw 27 passes, if you watched the game, you saw it was basically a completely mistake-free performance. Mahomes going 21 of 27. He had three touchdown passes, no turnovers. And really the big thing was maybe the rushing and those couple of big scrambles that he took off and, and collected 44 total rushing yards when – Heck, at one point in the game, it looked like he re-aggravated that ankle. And I want to go to that point 
right now, actually, because we were watching the game in the same same setting, and it was right there before halftime. Score was 14 to 21, Philly, and Mahomes on that third down. He gets tackled, and it looks like he's back to square one. Looks like he's dicked up the ankle again. Turns out it was more of just like a freaky, I don't know, almost like a mental thing, I think, a little bit, but um, re-aggravation. Take us back to that that moment for you. Where was your head at as that took place and going into halftime when it was 24 to 14 Eagles? Well, anyone that knows me knows I tend to be a glass half full type. Uh, and in that moment, that was when, you know, maybe there ended up being a little bit of a leak in the glass because I was like, well... I think he's going to be fine. He's going to come back and be okay, well enough to finish the game. And, you know, like the optimist in me would, win it potentially. But in that moment, that was probably the lowest I was in the whole game because I'm like, did not have a great offensive series when you really needed one right there. You saw the frustration on Mahomes' face. I don't know if that was partially just because of the result on the field and then accompanying with the ankle. You know, like sometimes when you roll an ankle and you like hobble on it for a little bit, and then, you know, you walk it off and you're like, oh, that's totally fine. I don't know. You know how that happens? It's kind of odd. But in that moment, you know, I, things were as grim as they could get. But I still held out hope. And, you know, they he tend to prove me right. I don't know. Where was your head at? As the half got there, you didn't know. Like, that was the last you saw of him. So I think it was kind of easy to say, man, if, if he comes back out and plays – is he going to be like he was against the Jaguars where he's just limping around kind of? And if he was down 10, it did kind of feel over. But as it would play out, he looked totally fine. He looked like nothing even happened just as he was playing in the prior to the re-aggravation. And then you go back to, okay, they were down 10 points. Patrick Mahomes in his five years as a starter – when he trails by 10 points at any point in the game, so he's down double digits, he wins 58% of those games. The next closest is Tom Brady, and his percentage is down around like 36, 37%, where, where it probably should be. So when you are a team and you go up 10 on Mahomes, you actually – it's not even – a theory, it's a fact. You are most likely going to lose that game based on what he has done so far in his career. It's incredible. It it doesn't it defies all typical logic. And it's a major feather in the argument, the cap that this player is either on his way to being the greatest of all time, or maybe you think he is. I, I certainly think he's the best player uh, that I've seen, best talent. And where I want that to take us now is, and, and look, we're going to get into the Eagles more on our next show. We're more than likely going to have Port Johnson on. He's going to have a lot to say as the Cowboys fan that he is. So if you're here for Philly analysis, bear with us. But on the Chiefs side of things, and, and I don't just say this as a fan, but I genuinely believe that that win last night positions them to really go on an extended role here. I am much more confident that they are going to get that third Super Bowl than I was in the second, just because you look at the construct. It's not like this is an old team 
that squeezed another one out. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Kill, Chris Jones, all uh, 30 years old. That's not what's going on here. This is one of the youngest teams in the league as a result of that Tyreek Hill trade, largely. This was the year to get them. Like, if you were the Bengals or the Bills, this was the year to say, oh, yeah, no problem. We'll worry about them 2023, 2024. So it's really – that's when it sets in for me. And I'll, I want to hear what you think because it's easy to just be lost in the moment and enjoy the fact that they've won and prayed in a couple days. But when you think back to the fact that this team was supposed to – they weren't supposed to be here in the grand scheme of things. This was supposed to be 10 rookies, get a year of experience, learning the system – about 10 other guys who are only in their second year, like they're way ahead of schedule. And so if you're somebody who doesn't want to see the Chiefs succeed, you can't feel good about where this is headed. I mean, it's just, it seems like there's a very good chance, as Vegas odds reflect, they are the odds-on favorite to win next year's Super Bowl. Uh, I think it speaks for itself. Yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned, tons of young talent on this team. And not only that, now these talent has proved it on the biggest stage of them all, so they're going to have that veteran experience that most teams, frankly, don't even remotely have. So you have to like where that's going and building off of that. And need I mention, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, I think this guy's just a gamer through in, through out. It's hard to beat this dude. So, yeah, of course, Bengals, Bills, any AFC competitor, it's a tall task. The real question is going to be, can Kansas City stay focused? Can they stay motivated? Can they keep their heads level? And with a quarterback like Mahomes and a coach like Reed, I don't see why not. I really don't. I think you make a lot of great points, Brent. They've been down this road somewhat. Like we've seen what the year after the Super Bowl looked like back in 2020. The regular season definitely had moments back then where it was like, oh, they, they're just going through the motions, but they still won. 14 games, got to the Super Bowl, of course, the Buccaneers stuff. So they've proven that they can turn around. And we'll see how the young guys react. It can go a couple different directions. It could be we're young and we're hungry and let's do it again. They they might enjoy this run of the offseason, the, the parading, the celebrating. Or it could go the wrong way. They could – you know, read the headlines a little too much, lose focus on their training, not have that same desire. But like you said, I don't think Mahomes, Kelsey, Jones, Reed, I don't think those guys will allow it. And it's just, it's hard to get a feel for that right now because they are in celebration mode. And so when, when you sit here and think about next season, it's like, man, I don't even want to. Like, let's enjoy this. Mm -hmm. But I think by the time we get there and it's training camp, they'll be they'll be locked in. Mahomes and the and the boys, they'll definitely um they won't let that stuff slide. So we'll see. It's it's unbelievable. They will be hosting the draft in Kansas City. So and my memory might be short here. I feel like that's the first time since they started moving the draft around annually that the Super Bowl champion is hosting that. So that's going to be really sweet. So, and then they're going to be picking 31st unless they make a trade, which you can never rule out with 
Next guy we got to talk about, the GM, Brett Veach. He, everybody talks about reading Mahomes, rightfully so, Kelsey, got it. But the guy making these personnel moves so that Andy can just do his thing, he can just coach and kind of have fun with whatever he's doing on the day-to-day. Veach, man, he... The draft picks, and I know he doesn't just do this on his own. He's got his staff that helps inform these decisions. But this draft class looks like maybe when you consider that they've already won a Super Bowl, maybe maybe the best the the team's ever had as a whole. We'll see where it goes. Um, and so yeah, he's going to have a chance to add on to that, add on any free agents. There's really not a lot potentially walking out the door. You're talking about, okay, Orlando Brown, we'll see. I think they'll probably franchise tag him. Juju, I know in his history he's a supremely loyal guy. I expect him to come back, but if he doesn't, they've already proven they can get by without an all-pro Hall of Fame receiver, so they'll do that as well without him. And to that point, Matt, Tyreek Hill, and in the Brett Beach conversation, Tyreek was on Twitter last night. It seemed like he was on a bit of a roller coaster at times. It's like, oh, you're, you're supporting the Chiefs. And then at other times, it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's just my interpretation. What do you say about maybe where Tyreek's headspace probably was as that game was going on? Um, and do you think he did the Chiefs and Brett Beach a favor by basically forcing his way out? So here's, here's where I like to imagine Tyreek's head is at. Over the course of this season, I think he's had a lot of time to sit with it, with his decision, and, you know, maybe realize on paper, you know, he's the highest paid receiver. But he's not in actuality going to get that last year of that deal. I just don't see it happening. Unless, even if he, like, leads the Dolphins to a couple Super Bowls, it just doesn't seem like it makes sense financially. So I think he's going to have a little bit of regret for that reason. But then he's also, like, he thought he was the straw that stirred the drink, like many other folks around the league and people that cover the league. Yeah, they thought he was the Chiefs and that they would not even make the playoffs because he was gone. So, yeah, I'm sure he had a lot of regret. And, you know, at the same time, he's feeling like, dang, man, maybe I didn't matter as much as I thought I did. And, uh, you know, it's got to hurt, you know. Like, just the inner ego of yourself, like, say, you know, you're Tyreek, and you're they're going on and winning without you. You're like, dang, that's, that's a blow to the ego, you know, especially with a guy like him, you know, who likes to think of himself as the best receiver in the league. And, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know that I would argue that. So, yeah, I think that definitely stings. But moving on to your next part of your question, I think he absolutely helped his team out. I think he held them back the season prior when he started pulling the stuff where I, I need more touches. They started getting ahead of Mahomes. You know, I got to force the ball to this guy. And, you know, it just would naturally. You know, somebody's always in your ear like, hey, man, give me the ball, especially with a talent as great as his. It totally makes sense. But I think it did open the door for Veach to really continue on and build this team further on. And the thing about that, as a, a point for Veach, if he didn't go out and nail this draft for, for those picks that he got for Tyreek Hill, yeah, I don't know if this team would be in that position. So he absolutely crushed it. He set them up for not only this season, but for the future, like you mentioned earlier. I think this team's set up. I don't know if you have an opinion or take on it all. Yeah, I, I'm letting you start there, but it's like – Obviously, I know they tried to sign Hill initially, but Andy and Beach 
they set their hard line wherever that was and they said okay you want more than that we're gonna go ahead and do this trade and so i think Tyree kill not only did he position them for this super bowl win i think we're gonna look back and say tyree kill helped them win multiple more because it goes back to the conversation you hit on all these draft picks you got all that cap space if they win the Super Bowl in the next couple of years, those guys are going to be part of the reason that that takes place. And whereas, mate, yeah, no, maybe they win it with Tyreek, but I think you're worried again about the future because you maybe don't have as many pieces in place and the cap space to maneuver. So it lays a blueprint. Like from here on out, if you're a wide receiver, you know, Kelsey's the only guy the rest of Mahomes' career who is going to be able to maybe push his weight around a little bit. And guess what? He's not going to do that. He just doesn't do that. It's not a, a concern. From now on, if you're a receiver going to Kansas City, the precedent has been sent. You either fall in line and, and fall into your role or you will be replaced. And they'll still go on just fine without you. Again, it's a it's a methodical, strategic thing that I think is going to help them continue to win. Uh, kind of like you, I don't know. We've seen these these dynasties in the past who they they find little methodologies methodologies to how they do business and repeat it over and over. You're probably going to see that. Now I'm not going to be that person who says they need to trade Chris Jones and get more drop. No, that's a different deal. Chris Jones is the heart of the defense and there is no Patrick Mahomes over there or even an Andy Reid to kind of make the scheme go. They need to keep guy like Chris, but there's going to be guys throughout the years here who they trade and, and get more picks. And, and if, if they're hitting these draft picks, gosh, I don't know. We're going to, it's going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to get too caught up in the, Oh, we need to win this many more Super Bowls, yada, yada, yada. Um, let's close with this, Matt. Mahomes, ring number two. We've we've hit on that. Andy, ring number two. We assume that they're, they're, they both are coming back next year. I don't know Andy's long-term plans. What do you say right now? Where do, where do these guys fall, maybe, in, in the scope of your all-time greats? And where do you think that they end up, potentially, if, if they're not at the top? Okay, so <clears throat> right now, Kelsey, I put him greatest of all time. I know he's still got some statistical things he needs to chase down, but I think he's there already personally. The same thing for Mahomes. I think he's a generational, not even a generational talent, a, a other world talent, right? I would put him at the top as far as talent. If you want to argue the championship thing, that's about it. But I, I, at this point, this guy's been to five AFC championships already. I don't see why not. I think this guy actually could do it. He actually could catch Brady with the way things are shaping up right now. I mean, I don't want to get too cocky with it, but I think it's possible. And Reed, I think he belongs arguably at the top as well. Uh, greatest offensive coach of all time. I'm going to say it. I'm going to put it out there. And, uh, yeah, man, who knows? Who knows how many more rings these guys could get? I think this could be something truly, truly special. I'm not going to push back on any of that. Not not yet. Um Andy doesn't get enough love. You know, it was a struggle there for a while because he wasn't winning the rings. But you think back and it's like he was competitive every year. He was taking teams to the playoffs no matter who he had, no matter where he was. 
goes to Kansas City and takes a two and fourteen team, and they're immediately in the playoffs the next year. Like, say no more. Um, mm-hmm. And and you see how the Patriots are doing ever since Brady left. It's like, okay, you know, it, this could be a conversation we have. Mahomes, his story far from written because two two Super Bowls and all those deep playoff runs. He's twenty seven years old, like. The other guys that he's being talked about with Brady, Montana, Manning, they didn't get their second Super Bowl until they were, you know, a little older. And I guess that doesn't apply to Brady, but but Brady was not the the guy running the ship when he won his initial championships. He was more so the game manager who didn't screw it up um, and, and just kind of situational football was great in those spots. So possibilities are endless and we are going to enjoy this off season. Not exactly sure what all it's going to involve as it relates to worst to first yet. Time will tell, but it'll be a nice silky ride for those who listen and, and, and like us support the chiefs and Hey, that ain't everybody. Like I said, pork's going to join us in the, in the next show. We'll get his thoughts on Super Bowl 57. But um, no, no doubt, no matter who you support, thank you for listening. Please continue to do so. Please sub, um, like, share, all that good stuff. You know where to find us at Worst to First NFL. And we'll see you on the other side. Peace. Sounds great. Take care.